Welcome to Thrones and Scones. It's your weekday morning podcast where we talk Game of Thrones over breakfast. It's Tony, Hans, and Jeremy in with you on this Thursday, tackling season four, episode four. I always say tackling, but nobody has ever actually gotten out of their seat and put a shoulder into the episode. We usually just sit here and, and, and talk. Um, so I don't know whether you guys want to keep sitting and talking or, you know, full on attack it. We can decide. But for the time being, we're hitting Oathkeeper and Blueberry. Yeah. Okay. I, I, <laughs> oh, I know I, you I told me, but know. I can't remember. Sorry. Mini Blueberry to be exact. Mini. Ooh, teeny tiny blubbery. Mini bloobs. All right. Beebs. Well, welcome, guys. Uh, Oathkeeper, episode four of season four. What do we think? How did you how did you get on with it? Did you enjoy it? I did. It was better than the last episode, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Pretty much every episode of Game of Thrones is better than the last episode, arguably. <laughs> There's some really good moments in this one. To remind the people at home and possibly even ourselves, uh, would you like a little wiki action? Little I action w- de la wiki. I sure would. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyone have? Is it, we have any suggestions, Jeremy? Oh, I was gonna go with the Hound. But I, did, we've did, established we that try, I cannot we tried do that. that. We tried that or not? But I was doing that today. I, on, it's on me, the Hound. It's hound. Me. <laughs> when he says "cunt," you cunt. I'm who, like, who? Who else? Who are? Who are the other uh, like big, uh, big ones that people impersonate? I feel like Game of Thrones. No, just in general. What about Chris yeah, Rock? Oh, here, I got one here. You tell me. I'm terrible at this impression, so you tell me if you can figure out who it even is. I like this. All right. Season four, episode four, Oathkeeper. Danny balances justice and mercy. Jamie tasks Brienne with his honor. John secures volunteers while Bran, Jojen, Mira, and Hodor stumble on shelter. (laughs) I know who it is. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm between uh, Morgan Freeman and Bane from Batman. <laughs> you were merely born in the north. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I can't do a Bane, and I can't do Morgan Freeman. We're right in the middle. Yeah. I was gonna that's, say dude, Gandor. That's a sweet spot. Gan. Gandalf? Yeah. Or Ganondorf? <laughs> no. Well, see, Ga- does Ganondorf ever talk? I think so. Oh. I can't say, actually. I don't know. Yeah. Ga- Gandalf, uh, definitely. Gandalf, sure. I mean, they're similar, right? Very similar, I think. Oh. Who's, Let's, the, who's uh, the Harry Potter, uh, whatever? Dumbledore. Dumbledore, yeah. Dum- Dumbledore. Dumbledore? <laughs> I can only think of that stupid puppet video. That's the best. Weasley. <laughs> oh. Somebody tell me their favorite part of Oathkeeper. Hans? Oh, I think uh, it's obvious. Sir Pounds. obvious? <laughs> Sir Pounds, motherfucker! Oh, what a great scene in general. Like the... the I don't even know how much it is acting by this kid who's probably 18, 19 at this point. Um, who they have obviously dolled up 
It is an awkward scene for book readers because in the books, this this very much does play out in a similar way. Not this scene, I don't think this happens, but Tom and Marjorie are set to wed. Um, they don't necessarily get after it sexually <laughs> as they might in the show because Tommen is a whopping nine years old in the books. <laughs> um, he also has like seven kittens, I think, that just follow him around. It's Tommen's an odd character in the books. So they, they've, they've aged him up a little bit so that he can... Um, so that he can use his pointy end to impregnate Marjorie, at least attempt, attempt it. And uh, at this moment, you just see her saunter into his room and t- scare the living shit out of him. Like, it's, he's got to think he's your, your, picture you, a teenage child, and this Natalie Dormer walks into your room with a candle, your guarded room, and you're like, how did you sneak past the guards? And all she says is, King's God. But like, honestly, how did she? Anyway. Good point. And so then she she just sits on your bed, and she just talks, and she talks about your mom, which, admittedly, not the biggest turn on. But then she <laughs> leans in and just whispers, all right, your grace, tell me a secret. And she just stares at him. And had that cat not broken the tension, like, whew, I don't even know what would have happened. Yeah, I don't know. I would so even before that, before he sees her, uh, I would be shitting my <laughs> pants as him before that because I mean, just days ago, your brother got murdered, and now like it's kind of late at night. Someone's obviously trying to creep in. You can kind of hear it. The door, you see the door, like the lights changing. I don't know. I'd be terrified. That's fair. That's a fair point. Maybe it was Sir Pounce who poisoned Joffrey. <laughs> also, at his age, there's no way this dude uh, in his bedroom closed door. There's no way he's not already beaten it. So <laughs> I call I call plot hole right there. Well, but we the cat's in the bedroom. The cat hand. would see it. That's true. That's you know, true. you can't do it in front of the cat. That's, That's a good just point. Heresy. Yeah. And uh, obviously, the cat's his... royalty too. That's just rude. That's true. Well, the cat's a knight. The cat tonight, yeah. <laughs> Sir Pounce. <laughs> Do you think that... Where's the squire? Like, I was going to say, if Tommen becomes king, but he is king here shortly. Um, do you think that he would, like, actually knight <laughs> Sir, Pounce? Sir Pounce? I don't... Uh, in, the, in the name of the father, I charge you to be brave. Leader of the king's god. Leader of the king's god. Be about as effective with the sword as Jamie is at this point. Wow, yeah, about Although right. he he does he's getting a little bit better, and Bron promptly knocks him on his ass for uh, for thinking that he's getting a little too good here. And then it has uh, one of my favorite moments in the show. It might be my favorite scene: uh, Tyrion and Jamie talking in prison. I like that uh, moment between the two of them. I do too. We haven't really yeah. had that since the second episode of the show. Yeah, yeah, probably. I just have in my notes in parentheses next to that, I just have great moment. So that probably would have won out, but Sir Pounce has got to take it. Yeah. Sir, oh, of course. So it's hard not I, to. I thought at the wall, I liked, I thought John actually was good. I mean, just how like it's building up again to like that, that when he's like, you know, getting them to volunteer to go back out because you want revenge for the shit that happened. Um, at Crest's Keep. So I thought I actually wrote down that as my favorite part of the episode. 
Yeah, that was pretty cool uh, as well. There's it's, there's some plotting going. Yeah, did you John notice the point. music change when uh, <laughs> when the one guy volunteers? It goes like really whiny violins, and I'm like, well, that's not like a dead giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> well, that guy uh, must yes. be mean and evil. Well, we already knew that though, because we no, saw no. him at, at the yeah. Boltons. So. Yeah. yeah, but, but it was like, like all everyone else in the night's watch is probably like, "What the fuck is the music?" <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't go. <laughs> what happened? You're bringing the mood down here. Uh, yeah, so Locke is at the wall now, and okay, okay, I get it. Locke is committed. He was promised a thousand acres and a holdfast if he could get a you know Bran Stark, but he just took a legally binding vow. <laughs> swear his life to this cause just for that like he's gonna be a fugitive forever and not like a fugitive where if they catch him they're gonna be like oh you like they'll kill him they'll kill him easy hard done um i think it's kind of a dead giveaway that he's not coming back because yeah it would never end well for him it anyway. would never yeah, yeah you can't be given no lands and be like yep you're a traitor one of my uh, i mean going beyond the wall then we get to see uh, i think for the first time really the outlaws of the Night's Watch, the mutineers kind of doing their thing up there, which their thing is just Craster's wives constantly. Uh, yeah. Carl Tanner drinking wine out of... Drinking wine out of the skull of Geo fucking Mormon. <laughs> I love his voice. I was, I was a fucking <laughs> legend. <laughs> they paid me seven, like seven, uh, seven silver and not a single seven. man lived. None of them fuckers saw the live day. He's like the typical drunk bro, uh, just you know, with daggers. What, do you, what does he call Rast? He's like, you look like a, like testicles or bolt my balls or something. And I'm like, he's like, you cunt. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is he testicles or is he a cunt? I'm so confused right now. You gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get get that figured out, buddy. Yeah, those wow. uh, those Craster's wives had a rough go of it. <sighs> just in general. Yeah. yeah. They were also our good, bad, and juggly moment for the episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hate to just kind of give them that, but at the same time, like, you know, they earned it. And it's a weird <laughs> honor, but <laughs> I guess they should take solace in it. Uh, what about, what'd you guys think about the stuff that went over across the sea uh, with Denis? I thought it was I, good. Yeah. I, uh... It was good. A little too much of this show is people learning to read, I think, at this point. Yeah. Uh, we've spent a bit of time with Davos learning to read, now Grey Worm mm-hmm. learning to read and it's speak the common tongue. My Sunday teacher good, your grace. teacher. I am a Grey Worm. When like, they take you. I like, the, uh, I like the whole part where they infiltrate Marine disguised as the slaves and kind of get them pumped up. And then, it's pretty uh, good. Yeah, yeah, and then it's and then it's just kind of over. Like they don't really show much fight or anything. It's just next scene is a pretty much marine taken over, which is fine. But in an episode that just didn't really have a lot of action, I think that was an opportunity to have some some better killing. But yeah, but nonetheless, or just to show the the miraculous stealth mission that led to them putting what must be like a 50 foot wide flag on the top of this pyramid yeah how did you do that because that's like the people who we're given to assume are like the start of this mutiny look up and see it so it already happened before the city was taken what yeah i didn't get that i i gotta imagine 
that it was I gotta imagine that they were going for more like the end of the mutiny and they just were isolating out like one guy that was left or something Perhaps, because yeah. and he was realizing like oh shit the city's already taken over I'm fucked yeah. you know and that that's gotta be it because it just doesn't you're right it doesn't make any sense the other way around so I'm also, not saying kill that the masters written yeah. in English or the common tongue <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> common writing the common hand yeah uh, who knew a little a little odd but Danny goes a little dark with the whole putting all say, the masters back up on the what did, crucifixion. Yeah. What did you think about that choice? She had a clear opportunity to decide there. It's it's kind of her first dark moment. Yeah. Um, that just shows that, and and you get it, you get it. In in a sense, she has no love for these people. She's she's just found out that the two places she already went and tried to liberate are falling back. And this is before she makes the decision to stay in Marine. So it's kind of a uh, decision to send a stronger message. I understand where she's coming from, but it is just very much showing us that once Danny gets an idea, you really ain't going to change that idea. Yeah. Uh, for better or for worse. I can't remember. Was it Jorah or Barrison that was telling her, like, you know, she could be merciful or whatever, and she's like... I was Barristan. They it was just Barristan, go- yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Lord, Lord Barristan, three stalks of golden wheat, sell me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then ending the episode uh, above the wall, we see, for the first time, the Night King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. And I did notice he looks totally different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he does look a little bit more animated and... <laughs> Spooky. Also, I was trying to look it up and I couldn't find anything, so I'm assuming it was just my eyes. But when they're walking, first of all, wherever they are is a cool, freaky-looking place. Cool. But I thought I saw a castle in the mountains, like a ruined-type castle. And I was like, did they build a... Or did they take it over? But no one's ever lived up here. I was trying to figure out what it was, and I couldn't find anything online, so I'm assuming it wasn't that. Yeah. How far Um, north are they at that point? I'm assuming that that's the lands of always winter, mm. which is pretty far up there. It's like, you know, wildlings don't really go up there. Yeah. But that it can't be that far because I don't think that that White Walker was suckling that baby. Right. And it survived all the way there <laughs> without yeah. a hat. Without a hat. <laughs> yeah. That's what I wrote on my notes. Speaking, the baby doesn't have a hat. Speaking of other just questionable, you know, I'm not going to say full-on plot hole because I don't know exactly how it works, but I do mm-hmm. have questions about how the Night King takes this human baby, touches it, eyes turn blue, but then what? I mean, does he have to nurse this baby all the way to become an adult White Walker? Like, you know, you got it, it's a, it's a 20-year commitment. I mean, drink from my icy teat, child. <laughs> <laughs> or does he? Or does it? All, all, does the, does the aging process once he does that just immediately kick in like Shadow Baby style? I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming if you have the supernatural ability to give undeath to to things that are completely dead and in some cases decayed, that you can probably keep a baby alive, like with magic somehow. So what you don't see is the White Walker wet nurses that are also there, that are like yeah. waiting, mm. waiting with their beebs. It's pretty much just a I, giant uh, like supernatural foster home. <laughs> the white nurses. 
I'd watch that sitcom. Remember, they're they're pitching all these Game of Thrones uh, sequels for when the show's done. I hope that's one of them. Yeah, just how how do they... What do you guys do all day? Breastfeed? It just seems weird, right? Because what are they doing with these babies? Unless, like, the next day they're grown up into full, but obviously not because there's not that many White Walkers. And I feel like Craster's probably been giving these, giving quite a few babies to them. Probably. So... (laughs) Then the White Walker hey, wet nurse Night King, goes to midwifery where have you school. Been? <laughs> I've, I've just been taking over the Seven Kingdoms. Is the Seven Kingdoms texting you at night? <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd watch it for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I want to go back to Danny for a second. Uh, I have a question to pose to you guys because a decision is made here uh, or right around here to stay and to rule. Um, and I actually think it is the next episode. Yeah. But we start to see her mulling it over. Um, and just deciding what she's doing and that things haven't worked thus far. And again, next episode, she ultimately makes the decision to stay and to be the queen of Marine, the Marine queen. And um, it's it's a boring decision. There, there's yeah. some cool moments in Marine, but for the most part, uh, it, it's just going to slow down a little bit. But beyond the pacing of the show, really her only other option at this point that they were considering was going to war now going to westeros taking um you know the city by surprise seemingly and i want to invoke your battle strategy minds and say if they decided to do that instead you think it would have worked probably do you think think she would have been successful i think they would have probably taken over king's landing it's just a matter of they would have been able to hold all of Westeros, kind of like they bring up in the show, right? That they could probably take King's Landing, especially now with Joffrey just dying and a lot of things up in the air. Although Stannis had a pretty big military, but they were ready for Stannis to come. So this would be a little true. bit different. Um, true. And he still dra- essentially yeah. was taking the city if it wasn't for Tywin. Yeah. Like, you know... Coming back. Yeah. So I, I think they would get King's Landing. Um, but then it's a matter of getting the rest of Westeros to follow along and I don't know. I don't is there anyone else like is there really that many houses in Westeros that have significant armies that they'd even have to be worried about if they you know, if they have their however many what does she have now? Like ten thousand? I think uh yeah, ten thousand. Ten thousand people. Uh I don't think that once they could get the rest over somehow I don't think that there's much left in Westeros to take her over, but I could see her argument, right? Does she really want to take it that way? I think she, in her mind, she wants to be better than that, but which obviously she makes that choice. And I don't fault her for the choice she makes based on why she makes it, but uh, it is, in fact, boring. It is boring, yeah. And I kind of wonder, because at this point, you know, her naval strength can't be great. Like you can have the ships and I'm sure the Unsullied are trained in everything at this point. And they're probably decent enough, but the Dothraki will be useless until they get on land. The dragons aren't really of a level to do anything. Um, I mean, they, they can set things on fire. Sure. Fire, but they're not yeah. gonna, they're not gonna have the utility that they do a couple of seasons down the road. Cause Definitely. they're going to get killed. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're, they're small and their scales are just tiny little goose down feathers. And, um, you know, Relatively, at least. So, Where are her dragons right now? Uh, they're with her. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see them. They're, I don't think they're in this episode. I don't think. So. <laughs> here's here's where the CG comes in. Uh, the lovely budgets of Game of Thrones 
There is, uh, yeah, I think the only thing we've seen really this far of this season is when Drogon snaps at her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if we mentioned that. That was a that was an interesting moment. Was that, was was that last episode? Uh, it was one of the episodes before I don't recall. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, learning that dragons can't uh, be tamed. Khaleesi. Dragons can't be tamed, even <laughs> by their mother. Not not good at Jorah either. Yeah. Um, apparently, yeah, neither, even... apparently neither can cats because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a cat's a little asshole. <laughs> Anything else for episode four? I actually thought this was <clears throat> the best episode of, of, of the season so far. I really enjoyed this one. Oh, uh, what do you, Joffrey dying is too satisfying for me to say that. Oh. Well, what do you guys think about uh, the, uh, the namesake of the episode? Uh, Jamie giving Brienne... Oh, he's Valyrian sword, right. yeah, and um, armor. That is a great moment. I like that moment a lot. I like the, I'll do it for Lady Catelyn and for you. Like you know, she kind of giving him the the props there subtly, um, being rewarded for her service. The one question I have about it is, and I know Tywin and Jamie had a little bit of a hissy fit, but it, it is established in the show that Tywin has been trying to get a Valyrian steel sword for years. <laughs> yeah. And literally nobody is ever going to mention the fact that Jamie just gave this away. No one ever brings it up. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't I don't really I mean I get it from a show perspective, but yeah, in reality I doubt he would give it away, but who knows. Yeah, especially such a a light perfect for his left hand sword. Well, I think I think it very much is lost on him and you know, he's making that that gesture that I think means a lot. And then we get to see uh, just a smiling ear to ear, Podrick Payne, oh, ready to, to go off and be an oaf. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, <clears throat> too, maybe, I don't know, who knows if the showrunners are even thinking this deep. Who knows? But who knows? I wonder, you think that he also is less concerned with giving it away, given the fact that his dad gave it to him? He probably is pretty pissed. Like Maybe like it just—he doesn't really want. He probably has a little bit of disdain for it, just because it's associated with his father, who's kind of a dick. It is very possible that that could be the case. I think that probably plays into it a little bit. I think it being Ned Stark's sword plays into it a little bit as well. I mean, he says it to Brienne to get her to take it. Like this was Ned Stark's sword. You use it to protect yeah. Ned Stark's daughter. But it's also kind of an acknowledgement of, hey, I. I can't really see this oath through at this point, but I can make this good faith gesture that says I'm not ignoring it. I'm just kind of helpless to do anything in my position. Sure. Um, And so I think that there is an emotional decision that's being made that is big for him. It is, definitely. I like it. So speaking of Jamie, what do you think about him right now Given the episode prior, <laughs> like I wrote just, down, yeah, I, fucking... I wrote down Brienne leaves the capital, and then under it, I said, I like Jamie again, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I kind of just put that last episode out of my mind, which is terrible, but I don't, I don't get the purpose of them trying to make us hate him again. Like, obviously. I just don't think that's something he would have done. Like he, ser- he seems like he it wants to be. Fit. It seems like he seems like, especially now, everything they've been doing with him is him trying to be a better person, like being the person he wants to be. He obviously wants to be, you know, 
uh, a very honorable person when he can and, and do the yeah. right thing for people. And, and they've really made him out to be that character. And then he just goes and, and I get that they're really trying to show off how toxic Cersei is, but still. So I've weird. been thinking about it. Um, I have a theory. My theory on what's going on with Jamie is he returns to the capital. He's changed. I mean, he lost a hand. He shows up with Brienne, who Cersei obviously has some fierce jealousy for. She's trying to figure out what's going on there, what happened, blah, 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 blah. We find out they've been back for like a month or more at this point, which is so odd. But whatever. I digress. Um, and Jamie is just spurned by this woman. And I'm trying to like get into Jamie's head. Why doesn't Cersei love me? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you you took too long, et cetera, et cetera. And Jamie's a changed person. Cersei goes out to question him, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, when he is saying that Tyrion didn't do it, and she said, oh, you've always... And I know this was post-rape, but still. Um, going this, that, and the other thing. In my head, if I'm Jamie, I'm thinking, okay, well, I've made this progress, but the woman I love is kind of my only drive in life. And she fell in love with this asshole. So I'm going to be an asshole. And he makes one last ditched effort to just kind of be like, no, you know what? I'm going to take that aggressive stance. I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to do this thing. And it doesn't work for him. And I think that's ultimately the the wedge that drives him in the direction that goes forward. Um, it, it's a little speculative. And I, again, I still think it's a terrible writing decision. And it was far too much. And then it was addressed far too little afterwards. Yeah. But I, I, I've been trying to understand why. Because they don't even really, like, they don't show how he has dealt with that either. Because it's not like you just do that. And, and him clearly having feelings, he's obviously not a sociopath at this point, right? Like, he's clearly, yeah. like, a, a relatively decent guy who, you know, wants to have, I don't know. It just seems weird that he's not even dealing with it or, like, feels bad about it it seems like he's just kind of like the next scene he's already back to the old jamie it's just very weird yeah i agree with that i don't know if you can be a relatively decent guy and rape your twin just yeah just kind of just don't know how that was so so where where do you sit right now jeremy or are jeremy are you uh are you a fan of jamie right now or are you just done with him well so i with what tony is saying for me i think he is Who's who? He becomes the Jamie we dislike, the Jamie you hated, the Jamie that pushed out Brand when he's around her, right? When he's around Cersei. So mm-hmm. then, and we all the good we've ever seen has been when he's not in her presence, when he's sure. able to think clear, when he's able. To, so like, while yes, I think it was a poor decision to have that that scene. Um, it kind of really continues to show that pattern of like what how toxic that 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 relationship really is mm-hmm. it's yeah and it's the flip side of the coin now where from this moment forward at least in the scenes i can remember when you see him around cersei it's not him doing bad things anymore he is more of a counterpoint to what she's doing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so it could be him making so maybe sort of and maybe and maybe we could use this as the argument he's like mm. fuck i mean this is how fucking crazy i am because of her I am yeah. I am raping someone where I hold honor. I mean, I'm Kingsguard. I'm still keeping my oath. I gave away, you know, a sword for Brienne. I mean, he's doing all these things. I think that shows that he still has a lot of 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 
value in his word. And I think maybe yeah. he, but with her, it's like, it's like he, all he sees is red, right? He loses all, all foresight, all anything. It's just like action equals. And, and she very much is that same way, right? I mean, all of her, are her conniving often end up to just doing something that she feels is the answer. Right. She's like, nope, uh, feed, feed the food, the dogs, because I'm going to be a bitch or, you know, kill this person. Like, that's how she thinks she craves power. And uh, we, we see that play out in, in later seasons, interestingly. But um, no, I mean, Jamie is we we said this in like season one. Jamie's arc is the one of the best, probably. But yeah, this is also the biggest stain on maybe any character development in the show. And, and I, don't I don't feel like we can just glass. I'm putting Jamie on timeout until he frees Tyrion. You know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Jamie. Yeah. But I do think, think you like him though, right? Like, I mean, even you're disgusted by it, but it doesn't change all the other things, right? Like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, it's hard to say it doesn't. I don't know. It's weird. I'm, I don't know how I feel about it uh, because I want to like Jamie. I really wish the show wouldn't have done that, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, one last question. I know we're running along, so we can be a little quick on it, but I do want to hear your thoughts on the whole Jamie and Brienne thing because mm-hmm. I think it's a little strange. Uh, and I guess if you're walking and stuck with one person for a, what I assume was a very long time, getting back to King's Landing, um, there's probably going to just naturally <coughs> develop feelings and stuff, right? It's it's kind sure. of just oh, how sure. how life works, but as far as like Brienne or Cersei asking Brienne if if she loves Jamie and she doesn't respond, this was not this episode, but it kind of plays into then Jamie giving her all this stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that relationship? I I still don't think that there's a romantic thing there. I think that the question wasn't answered because the every time I've tried to explain it. it I just falter for words because it's kind of hard to put into words. And I think that's where Brienne is coming from. She's just being like, well, no, not in the way that you're asking me, but we have this bond that even you wouldn't understand because I know things that even you don't know. I've seen a side of him that, you know, even you aren't linked to at this point. I just think that there is this, I've overused the word, intimacy between them i still don't buy it as any sort of romance yeah me neither i would agree i think i think although Jamie... i although i root for it and i will tell you that do you no nah, yeah i don't i, oh, I want brienne to get with torment <laughs> <laughs> that's some of the best content later in the show yeah that's so funny i like that a lot <laughs> i uh i i don't i don't root for them to be romantic uh i do appreciate their kind of intimacy, like Tony saying that they they do respect each other, they do love each other in a way. Or, or, or um, I think Jamie Jamie admires Brienne, right? For he, I think that's when he's around her, that's kind of who he wanted to be or who he wants to be, right? Because she's yeah. really driven only by honor, and she's like very against doing anything dishonorable, and even willing to risk everything to keep that honor. And I think that's what Jamie would envision himself as, but he kind of knows that he's really not to that status. And I think that that plays a lot into it too, but yeah. And there could be this element of, you know, part of both of their sadness when she's leaving the Capitol is this 
concern if he's going to fall back into behaviors that you yeah. know and and things that he used to be a part of i think that that might be part of this grand gesture giving away this sword a constant reminder to her of the good he can have and a constant reminder to him um in the promises that he's made and stuff and the and the yeah. progress that his character has made um i don't know i think that's interesting what did they do with widow's whale are they just burying it with joffrey or no they it it does come out um but I think the next we see of it is when Jamie leaves the Capitol in season seven, and it does mention that he has it. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Or it shows, I forget. But he does have it, and that's the, the next that we see of it. Cool. Uh, to my knowledge, at least. But the thoughts on the thrones conclude for the day. You can get started with your day momentarily after Hans tells us about the mini bloobs. Uh, the mini bloobs got them from local grocery store. They're... Okay. They're okay. Whew. That's scathing, Hans. That's Gordon Ramsay levels mm. of, of food deduction there. I feel bad Thank for you. the blueberries now. Oh, my gosh. I have to go take a moment. Uh, guys, we'll be back tomorrow to hit uh, the halfway point of season four, episode five, with more scones, with more hilarity. And, of course, more uh, Thrones action as well. Thronesandscones.com. In the meantime, to hit us up any which way you please. And don't forget to answer the question to yourself and anyone you might run into today. Are you down with G-O-T? Yeah, you know me. What? You know what, um, do you know what discussion I had with somebody the other day? I never, ever figured out how to burp on purpose. I still, to this day, have... I can't do it, but like beyond that, I don't even have a comprehension about how one would even go about attempting to do it. Like, I feel like the only thing that's coming to my mind would make me vomit. Like, <laughs> I, do, I don't know how to, how to just burp. And yeah. it's probably my biggest failure in life. Yeah, I, can, I can't either. And I remember I, because I would ask, like how I had friends that obviously could do it. And sure. I'd ask them how to do it extensive training sessions <laughs> could never figure it out the most i ever got was like oh it's so easy you just swallow you just like swallow air and then let it back out how the fuck do you swallow air <laughs> like i'm pretty sure i'm constantly swallowing air I think we all it's not that. it's not working so <laughs> yeah again I-, I just feel like i'm gonna throw up <laughs> Ar- arguably you know you know trying to burp and then vomiting slightly less than trying to fart and shitting on yourself <laughs> it just sounds like I'm dying. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bummer. Oh, God. But, this um, best student, she had the hiccups, and she hiccuped and also farted at the exact same time. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It was so... Oh, God. The sheer horror on her face was, like, the best. <laughs> I'm like, did you shat yourself? Maybe she didn't really have the hiccups. Maybe she was just trying to cover up that fart and, <laughs> just, and just didn't time it well. See the, it's like my 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 skills of controlling my upper respiratory <laughs> system just kind of end with the lack of burping. Because the hiccup thing, stopping hiccups, never a problem. Figuring out how to whistle, never a problem. Uh, yawning on purpose, never a problem. But I did the burping. I just can't get after. Can it. you cry on? Can you cry on cue? I used to be able to. I bet I could do it. It'd probably take me a little while. Yeah. I just have to think about some sad stuff. <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> we used to do a uh, Hans and mine's friend uh, Brian. 
we used to do plays together and stuff in high school. And there was one play that we did. Is, it's terrible. Actually, people love this play. Mostly old, stupid people. It's called Our Town. It's a classic, and it sucks. And so there's a scene in Our Town. It's like a funeral. And uh, I think it was like my wife and Brian's uh, daughter in the play. Not in reality. <laughs> but hey, you never know. And uh, so every night we would just have a contest to see who could cry first. And one of the nights it ended like really intensely because you have to like keep trying and you can't really be like just, you know, a single tear. Like if you're going for it, you know, and you turn those floodgates on, you can't necessarily just get it to stop. And it transitions pretty quick into a different scene. And uh, we're just like walking out on the stage, like half sobbing. We're like, we're fine. We're fine. We're good. No, it's fine. Uh, yeah. No, crying on command. Boner on command. <laughs> just, just say the word. Potato, potato. <laughs> if you guys had to, if a witch came up to you and like touched you and cursed you, and she said, all right, you have to set one word, one real human life word, and every time you hear that word, you'll get rock hard immediately. <laughs> what would you set your word as? Oh, I would obviously pick some word that no one's ever going to say. Yeah, yeah, say. but she's doing it right now. So it's not something you get time to look up. She hits you, and she's like, you've got 10 seconds. Oh, shit. You have to name a word. 10, 9, 8, 7, Onomatopoeia. 6. Okay. You don't think people say onomatopoeia a lot just because it's the word that everyone thinks of when they think of long, obscure words? I'll take that risk. I would I, I would go with Talisi. <laughs> Talisi. That's not a word. I don't accept Can't that. Can't be named. That's be a real word. Oh, uh, Real word in the English language. Mm. Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy. Jiminy. An, Jiminy. A name? A name? Is Jiminy a name? No. Or a Jiminy's word, not though. a name. It's not a word, though. Hmm. I'm struggling in that. All right, Jeremy. I'm sorry. You 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 failed your ten seconds. So you your word and. is uh, you get and. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you gonna come over and? Oh my god. <laughs> Go with like protractor. Yeah, that's a like good you don't one. hear that very often. Yeah, that's a good one. Other than only in high school math class, in which case you're probably accidentally hard anyway. So <laughs> yeah, who cares? Probably. probably. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. I think I've well, only. Then at least you can measure the anger, the angle of your boner, because <laughs> you'll have true. a protractor on hand. Yeah. Uh. 